0: Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I'm your host today, Kristoff. joined along with Jeff. Hey there, Jeff.
1: Hey, Christoph, How's it going, man?
0: It's good today. How are you doing?
1: I am doing well, too. Like, it's a beautiful morning. It is. So we're recording this on Wednesday morning, and something happened yesterday that hasn't happened for so long, right? Like, oh, everyone's like, hey, look, there's something falling from the sky. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you've noticed at church, I don't know if you noticed last Sunday, if you were here, the, the lawn around the church looks like Death. Like it basically looks yeah. dead. Yeah. So we're we're kind of anticipating it changing over over the next day here. We'll see what happens.
0: You said that yesterday, and it's still, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, what's that color? That's like a yellow. It's like it, a, It's bleak is it's what like it is. Hay. It looks like hay. <laughs> it does. Out there. I'm yeah.
1: hoping that there's going to be changes today. We'll see. Maybe it wasn't enough rain. I you know,
0: know, my favorite thing last summer when we do our game days with the youth group back here is we set up the nine square court behind the youth, the youth wing, that kind of back lawn area. And last year you could see the exact pattern in which kids, if you've never played nine square, it's nine different like squares. You stand under it you hit a ball up underneath it. It's kind of like volleyball, kind of like four square. Um, and if, if you, if you are not the one who gets out, you advance a square and you can see how kids advance the squares with how, how like the lawn slowly dies in these like little square areas and you did not see that last week because the whole lawn was already <laughs> the whole uh, lawn the- was already dead so there was no like dead grass for there to be made dead there's no live grass to be made uh, that's, that's the way to put it yeah
1: there. that's awesome it makes me think too i mean it might be helpful for people um who maybe don't have a you know teen at all to know what's going on with youth right now so today is game day right yeah. so what's just giving a little quick overview what's going on with the youth
0: dude wednesdays are so fun we um we have been blessed with an awesome space for the youth group, which I think is so cool. Not a lot of churches have that. Um, some churches do, but we've, we, you know, in the summertime, kids are looking for stuff to do um, and, and we want to be able to hang out, you know, foster an area where there's, you know, conversations that can be had and, and, and just fun to be had and connections to be made. And so uh, Wednesdays, we have game days from 2 p.m. until 9 p.m. And it's a long time, but it's a lot of fun. And kids just they come, they hang out. We have all sorts of different things to do. We have um, uh, we have board games. We have outdoor games. We gather together and play big group games together, like like all together. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, it's it, it is by by the end of Wednesday night. I'm usually pretty spent. I I have I have used a lot of energy, but uh, they're they're just huge blessings. So I love it.
1: And then Sunday night, there's stuff going on too.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Bible and barbecues, which is not barbecue, as our southern friends would like to let me know. But this is do, not ribs we, and yeah. brisket, right? We we grill burgers and dogs, and we go to different people's houses, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's not as intense um, in terms of time, um, but it's a lot of fun. We we have a we have a devotional series, and so our intern Tiffany's actually going through First John uh, with the kids, which has been really cool, and um, and those are also just another great opportunity to do something outside of the church, right? We do a lot of things here at the church, but that's a cool opportunity to do something with God's family. And then what we've also been doing after that, we just started this past week, um, is, a, is an apologetics class with, with a group of kids um, who are just really hungry to grow in their knowledge of God and grow in their walk with God. And so this was like a specific request from a couple of our senior high students. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so we do that right after Bible and barbecue. We come back here to the church and we um, get together and we're going through a, an apologetic series
1: that's awesome what are you guys doing for that
0: um, mere Christianity which is kind of the classic CS Lewis book and just it's such a great encouragement such a great book um, we're reading that together and then we're watching um, a series on right now media which if you don't have right now media you can access if you you can send us an email and we can get it to you it's kind of like a Netflix database of Bible studies and in classes and um, there's a classic RC sprawl um apologetics class and I told him I was like man this is kind of old school like it looks like it was recorded may have been recorded in like the 80s it's probably 90s. On a VHS tape originally eh? yeah, yeah yeah probably he's got an old old school chalkboard and you know the lectern and he's just kind of given his his thing and so I told him it's going to be in that style but they were really excited about um, it's not flashy it's not using all these animations or anything like that it's just a, a great study into how to defend your faith how to think through Um, So we did the We did the introduction not to go too deep, but we just did the introduction. And I think what what R.C. Sproul did so great is he said, you know, look at how in the first, second and third century, Christian apologetics was understanding the cultural moment you lived in and then being able to give a defense of your faith because of that specific cultural, you know, not to allow the culture to drive the narrative of what reality is, but instead understanding it. And then giving a defense, giving an answer for the hope, you know, First Peter 3.15, giving an answer for the hope that lies within you. And so, I, like, I'm just, I'm really excited about, about getting together with them and, and do that.
1: Well, and Mere Christianity, I mean, it is such an amazing, that, God used that book my junior year of high school to really radically reshape my faith. It yeah. was, it had a massive impact on my heart and my mind. And I think even before I read that book, I wouldn't have considered myself to be much of a reader to be honest but it captivated me in a way that uh i've been reading lewis ever since and it set me on a course of discovering all the amazing way that god made the world and that following jesus makes sense in that world yeah and you know ended up on campus with with university students for 13 years partly because of that so i'm excited you guys are reading that
0: i i love it you and even like so you're not alone in that a lot of people echo that same sentiment about that book specifically and what's cool about that book not a lot of people know this is that i was telling the students like thinking through like context and everything that was actually a series of radio talks that c.s lewis was asked to give to england uh when they were in the middle of world war ii Uh, and so there was just this recognition of like Kind of this hopelessness that England was in in the midst of World War II. and so they asked C.S. Lewis to give a, a series of lectures um, on Christianity, which was kind of unheard of because it was it was wasn't like it was necessarily a overtly Christian nation, um, but they recognized just this need for hope and this need, and so he was given the opportunity, and so he did this radio series, and then the radio series eventually became. A book. It wasn't intended to be a book, and then it ended up being this book that has changed so many lives, like like yourself.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's cool that they're reading it. I've been reading it with one of our kids too, um, and it's been fun just to dig in. And so many of these things are they are timeless. Yeah, it doesn't matter that it's you know from the World War II era; it it's still very applicable.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm
1: excited, man, uh, for what what is happening with the youth. It'll be fun. It's always super fun being at at church on Wednesday when game days are happening because yeah, there's just yeah. much more activity and life than, than t- is typical.
0: Yeah. I yeah. would, t- I, I would say if you're listening right now and you're just kind of curious, you know, on a Wednesday night, just drive past, uh, and look, look out at, you'll see a group of students back there throwing frisbees around, play nine square. Um, it is, it is a lot of fun. And I mean, if you don't see anyone, we're probably eating pizza cause we, you know, we have dinner. As well. Yeah. That's <laughs> an yeah. important part, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. The pizza is, is always an important part. But we've got, we've got bigger fish to fry. Jeff, we're in Wisconsin. We've got fish to fry. It's not a Friday, but we're, oh. going, to fish we're, going, to, we're going to fry some fish. <laughs> I see what you did yeah, there. you like that? Um, we uh, we started a new series this yeah, past year. Yeah,
1: that's so exciting, isn't it? Yeah. We're in yeah. the summer series now, summer in the Psalms.
0: Yeah, we well, we just got done preaching through the Sermon on the Mount, which um, we were really excited about. I remember sitting together with you and Jay and just praying about, hey, what are we going to preach on uh, this year? And like, it really it, it, I don't remember who said Sermon on the Mount, but it like it was one of those, yeah, yeah, I feel the the weight and the importance of that. Um, so maybe what would be really helpful just because it was Jay who preached this past Sunday. He um, you and I are doing this this podcast so it's it's not the usually the format of the podcast is whoever preached is here kind of talking through the message a little bit. Um, but we get a little bit of an outsider perspective. Maybe it would be really beneficial for us to maybe a little bit of retrospective on Sermon on the Mount, and then maybe a little bit of hopes and desires and why we're going into the Psalms.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great setup. And Jay, you know, the sermon, he started that way too, right? That, that yeah. this is a bit of a bridge. Um, it's interesting. So throughout the Sermon on the Mount, and by the way, I, what you said, I think, is so true. I, For me, as someone who had to preach some of those sermons, and you too, through the Sermon on the Mount, it was an amazing gift from God to be able to really sit in it for a while and not just gloss over it. I mean, you could read that whole sermon in, in you know less than an hour, Jesus' sermon, uh, but you wouldn't understand it fully because there's so much teaching in it. And I think it's one of those things where it's easy to nod at and say, I agree with that. But it's a very different thing to start thinking about what would it look like to integrate these teachings and to live these teachings in my life. Um, so, if you if you take like the one of the main points of the Sermon on the Mount being the kingdom of God is available to those who would follow Jesus and put their trust in Him, they get to live in that kingdom now, and Jesus is describing in the Sermon on the Mount what that kingdom is like, right? So it's a yeah. kingdom in yeah. which. Um, Enemies are loved, actually. We're, we're, you know, you could say good evil is overcome by good over and over again. Um, and if you take the, the Sermon on the Mount, like that main message, I think the Lord's Prayer is the Sermon on the Mount in mini form. So like when Jesus says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Give us this day our daily bread. So the, what he's describing there to me is like this whole sermon in miniature form, in prayer form. Well then i think when we come to the psalms it's interesting if you think about the lord's prayer and you kind of walk through that i think you can map just about every single phrase of the lord's prayer to a psalm that it's jesus basically encapsulating and really succinctly summarizing all of these prayers and songs of god's people that are really ancient right so to me, there's this really natural bridge. the The Psalms are almost the Lord's Prayer and the Sermon on the Mount lived out and vocalized back to God.
0: Yeah, I love the. Jay kind of painted this picture, and it, it was it was so true. Is that what the Sermon on the Mount does? And I think we all echoed this sentiment even while we were preaching, and then afterwards of just how convicting it was. There were there were so many moments of just um, conviction. I'm even thinking of myself when. Uh, I preached on on not judging, and how I was I was reminded of how I stumble in that frequently, and I needed to, um, you, you know, repent and walk away from that. But um, what the what the Sermon on the Mount does is it helps remind us that there is a way that God has called, or the way there is a picture of what the kingdom does look like, like you were saying. Um, and and so, really, as we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, it should stir our hearts and our affection for this kingdom, like, like you're saying with the prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done. Like it, there should be a stirring in our heart for this kingdom, this life, this, this culture, this, all this to be, to, to be lived out here on earth. But then the rec- so what quickly comes then after that is the recognition that it's, it's not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we read that, and we go, that's beautiful. That's that abs- loving your enemies, not, you know, not judging, um, to be sustained fully on, on, on God. Um, you know, the, the Beatitudes and, and those who are blessed thinking of all those things. And we go, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then we look around or we look in the mirror and we go, Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't look that way. And so I, I love what you're saying. Like there's like this p- picture that's painted, then there's this realization. And then to go into the Psalms, where we see oftentimes something very similar happening, where the psalmists, you know, uh, like like this one in particular Psalm three that Jay preached on, is this prayer, is this song, of of like desiring for these things to come true, and so it's kind of the outpouring of that stirring of the heart and recognizing that it's not the way that it could or should be.
1: Yeah, it's true that we live. There's a tension right of how things ought to be and the way that i think t- to to us who have the spirit in us we can see when jesus teaches in the in the sermon on the mount the way the world is meant to be and the way the kingdom is it it looks beautiful to us it looks good and then we feel it like you said even looking in the mirror we know yeah but it's not quite like our own hearts are often not that way yet and that's what i think is so amazing about the psalms is that as we go through them this summer we will see god's people celebrating his ways, confessing that they don't live by his ways, lamenting that they feel like God is far away, and praising him for how he takes care of them. And it's really the full range of human emotion comes out in the Psalms. It's not just like idealistic spirituality, it's real flesh and blood spirituality yeah, lived yeah. out.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what I'm really excited about going through the Psalms is just how how real it is. So I've been reading through, um, I found for our, for our graduates, something I gave our, our graduates this year was a copy of this book I found. Um, it's, a, it's a great resource. So if you're, if you're listening right now, I'd highly recommend checking it out. It's a 30 Days in the Psalms. And basically it breaks up the Psalms, the, all, all Psalms into a 30-day reading plan. Um, but then it does it in uh, three sections throughout the day, a morning, a midday, and an evening psalm along with some prayer around it as well it's kind of like this like liturgy or order of worship for our own daily walk and so I've been going through it I'm on day um, 14 or 15 now and um, one of the things I just I love about the Psalms is how relatable um, it, it feels it feels like I'm reading those who are going through, what I am also going through. I am seeing that, that 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 human side of David. Because oftentimes we paint these these different peoples of the Old Testament, look at them just in the light of their best possible characteristics. You know, the one that's always the like the kind of gold standard is like David and being courageous, right? Um, but here he is in Psalm three, like almost kind of scared of like the number of foes that are around him. Um either, like that's at least what I I kind of that's what I feel. Um it's a reminder for me, first of all, that like these people are human, right? It, it's a good guide for me, but then it's also like it points to then like, well, Jesus is kind of the recognition then of that ultimate like. You know, I, I shouldn't look to David for courage; like, I look to Jesus for courage, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what is being painted here: is he's looking to the Lord for courage. He's looking to the Lord for these things, and and I love that. And as we're getting ready to preach this, I know you're preaching this coming Sunday, and then yes. I'm I'm preaching the next coming Sunday. I feel that. I really feel that. Um, is I'm I've been praying over I'm gonna preach Psalm thirty nine coming up in a couple weeks here and I have just been I, I have been so caught up in the prayer of the psalmist in that moment um because it's so real. It's not it feels real, you know?
1: It is. It's it's not just um sentiment, right? Or just yeah. statements of yeah. fact. These are lived out things. So for example, um uh, I'm just looking at Psalm three right now. Yeah. Verse three says but you O Lord are a shield about me my glory and the lifter of my head and even just that picture you think about life with the Lord as a shield around you so before you behind you on your left on your right above you below you is the Lord and if you picture uh you know David's talking about enemies and and maybe an enemy doesn't come to mind, but maybe just a challenging circumstance. Maybe that's the enemy for, for you You know, as you're listening to this. Uh, a conversation that will be hard or financial difficulty or illness, you name it. Anything that's agitating your soul can be an enemy. The picture of the Lord as your shield surrounding you all the time is meant to comfort. And, and Jay pointed out that as we go through these Psalms, and especially in Psalm 3, David's preaching to himself. Yeah. Right. He is proclaiming what is true, and we need that. We need to both read what is true for others in the Psalms, but then we can then take this, what David originally said, and we can pray it and we can proclaim it to ourselves too, because our souls need that. We need that reminder and that encouragement and that building up, because every day we do face something. You know, every one of us has something today that we will face that's a challenge. And that challenge can either be a threat and something that that seeks to undermine our peace. Like in the psalm, he talks about sleep. So I, I don't know if you're like me. I actually had a night this week already where I woke up in the middle of the night and my mind was just running on something. It wasn't anything dangerous. It wasn't anything bad. But my mind wanted to work on it in the middle of the night. And what I needed in that moment was the reminder, the Lord is my shield. And I needed to interact with him about that. And so I love that we get that picture already in this Psalm three.
0: Yeah, yeah, that actually, and then followed followed up with that verse four, and kind of the moment that stood out to me, kind of, it was it was one of those, um, oof, <laughs> it was one of those convicting uh, moments of the sermon where um, the verse says, "I cried aloud to the Lord, and He answered me from His holy hill," which is which is just an awesome moment for the psalmist. But Jay, in preaching, and this is just so true, it says that, you know, so many times we have that moment right? I have cried aloud for the Lord. Maybe you're listening right now and you're thinking the same thing. I've cried aloud to the Lord and he didn't answer me. Um, and the question is well, is it that he didn't answer you or were you, are you not liking the answer that you're getting? And trying to say that in the most gentle way possible, because of course there are those who are going through really difficult situations and they're crying aloud for the Lord. And and they feel like he's not answering. And and the challenge in that isn't to beat you down, but to hopefully help you maybe have a perspective shift and go, you know, the Lord is in control. He will use this situation and, and he, he is answering. You have to be, um, and that's a part of the, That's like another part of why I love the Psalms and prayer is that it's not always just talking. Sometimes it's the, the being able to listen. Sometimes it's being able to, um, be corrected and to be, um, to, to listen to exactly what the Lord is saying. And and that requires a little bit of humility that requires, a, you know, um, yeah, I love that. That was one of the moments that really stood out to me. And it was, it made me kind of check like, okay, from the things that I've been praying, like, is, is it really that God's not answering or is it really that I'm just not accepting the answer that I'm getting? Hmm.
1: Yeah, that goes back to what we heard on, the sermon on the, in the Sermon on the Mount so often, this idea that you know what we think is good and what we think is good for us um, is often out of line with what is actually good for us. And that's a hard reality, and we all face it. Every one of us faces that. Like, God, this would be good for me. Give me this. And he knows, actually, that wouldn't be good. This is good instead. And it's true. That can feel like, you must not have heard me. God, because if you heard me, then I would have this thing that I asked for. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because we would articulate that with certain areas of our life, right? Like, I I feel like that's that's a pretty, um, you know, an example would be an example would be. um, I know I probably shouldn't eat like this this sugary thing that's going to make me feel awful, you know. Um, And what I actually want is to not feel awful. I want to feel good but i'm gonna you know, do it otherwise so like we have that recognition that we have that tension within us of the um of that we we want this certain thing or we're listening for this certain thing but what we are doing is producing the opposite or what we are listening for is producing the opposite um but, but when it comes to it's 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 interesting how when it comes to spiritual matter spiritual matters emotional matters Um uh, we go well no god i like i i i know i i, I know i know i know what the, what how you should be responding i know. and um the thing that's amazing to me is god's patient you know in that moment when we are like no i know you should be answering this way i know this can't be the right thing this can't be the good thing in god in and god's patient how how would you know that i was i was listening it, it reminds me actually of um I told you about this Tim Keller podcast I'd recently listened to, and he was talking about how in our modern times we go, there's there's pain and evil in the world, so there must be no God because there's, there's pain and evil in the world. He said so that's such a modern concept because 100 years ago and then for basically the rest of history, it was the exact opposite way around where people would go, well, there's pain and suffering in the world, so there must be a God. There must be a reason for this. And it's interesting how we have kind of – flipped that around we've we flipped that around because we just <laughs> we a little bit in our arrogance go well no i you know i i i know better um but god's patient and um he's he's working through it and i take you know i take hope in that
1: yeah that's interesting that the assumption kind of the base assumption that i don't think we even would think out but we just assume it that well the best thing would be absolutely no struggle or absolutely no pain um but God in his goodness can redeem those things. we see that, obviously we see that so clearly with Jesus on the cross, you know, the excruciating pain, humiliating death and what God does with that death and how he brings life Mm -hmm. from it um, is amazing. I mean, that same verse, just before I forget it, that you were talking about that. I cried aloud. Another thing that Jay brought out, which was a really practical application was that that's literal there. So David was yeah. actually crying. Like, yeah. if you had been near him, you would have heard him saying this. And and we see that, actually, in the Gospels, too, that, that Jesus' disciples heard him praying. Um, often, I think, probably from a distance, but they heard him praying out loud. And Jay suggested trying that, and I think that's a really neat suggestion that, you know, for me, has borne fruit in different seasons of my life where maybe I'm driving my car and I know I need to pray. Um, I will pray out loud. Yeah. Yep. and there, there's something about actually saying the words out loud. Jay mentioned you know needing to pray for healing for himself and and praying out loud being a really important part of that and I just want to underscore that again that if you're you're hearing this today and you, you need a new way, maybe a, a fresh way of praying, try praying what you would have prayed in your own heart out loud with your voice.
0: yeah well how many how many times have you been caught praying in your head? Or praying in silence and it starts off really strong you start off intentional and you're you're praying and then all of a sudden it just like it goes from you know and in lord i lift up my cousin to you and i've got to remember to get the laundry done and when i go to the grocery <laughs> store i got to remember to pick up milk and did i remember to turn off and like all of a sudden your mind just like wanders to anything else it just wanders to anything else it is very difficult for your for your for you to vocally as you are talking out loud for that to happen i'm not saying it can't yes. happen but it it's it's a way of essentially, um, yeah, keeping you, and and he's listening. It's not like he's not listening, you know. And so it's not weird because he's there with you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. That's a great tool, um, to have and to use, and it, it should be, um, something we exercise often. Yeah. I think.
1: The, the beautiful thing about if you're you know in their, in your car by yourself, no one else will even know. Just because I think that can be an obstacle if people feel like other people are listening. Um, it can just feel odd. But in the car or on a walk, no one else is listening. And, and God is, yeah. obviously, but no other human beings. And I, it could just be worthwhile to try it. And it, I don't know, for me, it definitely takes a few times for that to feel normal, where I'm not being super conscious of myself. Like I'm outside of myself looking in and think, feeling weird that I'm praying out loud. But um, it's definitely a worthwhile thing to experiment with.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and i I think that also helps. That's something that we have, um, we've talked about before, is practicing the presence of God, and just being being aware of Him being present in in with you. You know, I, I think of how this psalm gets wrapped up in verse eight: "Salvation belongs to the Lord; your blessing be on your people." And to remember that God goes with us He is with us through every moment the promise is that He does not leave us or forsake us and so part of part of practicing that that crying out loud also helps us to remember that he's with us in all moments He's with us you know as you were saying like um, above me below me around me kind of that, that famous that famous prayer I can't even think of what it's called now but um, thinking of the Lord being a shield around us mm-hmm. constantly it's helpful to to yeah cry loud and to, to do that
1: well it's a, it helps us use our imagination. You know, God gave us imaginations, um, I think, to worship him with. So yeah, we can use our imagination to create things that don't exist yet, right? We imagine a a physical object and then we make it, or we imagine a story and we write it. I think using your imagination in that way, like you're mentioning God all around you, to, to just imagine him surrounding you. Often in the Psalms, you know, you'll see things or read things like his wings, like under the shadow of his wings. And just imagining that is a really good use of our God-given imagination.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to go through the series through Psalms, Jeff. I don't know about you, but I'm, too. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about this summer. I'm, I'm hoping that there's a stirring of, of hearts to pray like the Psalmist pray. And I'm hoping that there is a um, a stirring for for us to recognize what we recognized in the Sermon on the Mount, the the need um, to walk in the truth of God's kingdom, um, and then hopefully these are some 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 tools and resources, and just you know it's it's God's very own word uh, that helps us to um, to realize that and to pray for it and to um, walk in that. Do you have any other thoughts from from this past Sunday?
1: No, I don't think so. I I, I like your suggestion though. I I just want to underscore that again. You mentioned. The Psalms in 30 days yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, you if you think about it, the Psalms in 30 days or even the Psalms in 120 days, like if you took a few months this summer um, yeah. to get through them, uh, it's a worthwhile thing to just be dwelling in them. Even the ones we're not preaching, right? Just to be in the Psalms, praying them, experiencing them. And pleading them before God. So I really, I like that you highlighted that. What was the name of the book again? It was the- It was Psalm in 30 Days. Okay. It was uh, by Trevin Days.
0: Wax. Okay. Um, if 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 anybody knows me and wants me to show them my copy or they want me to send them a link to where I found it, by all means, reach out and I would be more than willing to send that over to you. I think it's been a really, really valuable resource um, for myself. Like, And I think what's, what's really interesting is you think of reading all of those psalms in 30 days, and you go, "Wow, that's a lot. Of, that takes a lot of time." But because it's broken up into three sections throughout the day, um, it's maybe 10, 15 minutes of reading, tops. Um, it's it's been really, it's been a really big blessing for me so far. So I think it would be um, for you as well. So, you know, if you have any if you have any questions suggestions um, anything that you would love for us to tackle on the podcast we would love to hear from you we would love to also just be praying for you if you're hearing this and you were listening to this podcast and maybe there was something you were thinking I, I could really use some prayer for that we would love to be praying for you uh, you can send us an email at connect at faithpeigo.com send us a message on Facebook any way possible we would love um, to be connecting with you to be praying with you and we're excited to be going through this season with you Uh, as you go today go in peace